Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in in what part of the country? Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. Welcome to the Jewish Hour. I'm your host, Herschel Finnett. We've got a great show for you today. It is our annual discussion of the Marwell Film Festival. 25 years, and we've discussed every year, 25 years worth of Jewish films presented at the JCC and elsewhere around the greater Detroit area. So we'll be speaking with Stephen Kantrowitz, who's one of the organizers of the Marwell Jewish Film Festival. Second half of the portion, we'll be talking about the portion of Achre Mos Kedoshim, which can be found in the book of Leviticus, chapter 16 and following. We've got a cappella music because we're in the weeks of Sephira, when we're in a state of quasi-mourning throughout the show. We have at the bottom of the hour, Jewish Hour Poet Laureate Michael Druk will be uh, coming on and and, uh, and enlightening us with some of his uh, poetry. A wonderful story at the end. Sunday marks the anniversary of the passing the your site of the 4th Lubavitch Rebbe. We have a story about him, a very poignant story. Before we do anything else, let's go right to the news. <laughs> Once again, IAF jets bombed Hezbollah sites in Syria. An Israeli drone crashed in Syria. The IDF believes that there will be no security risks with the crash. Two Hasidim were shot and are listed in moderate condition in Jerusalem. The teenager who shot them was arrested in Shechem. A Palestinian opened fire on a bus in central Israel. No one was hurt. The attacker escaped. Seventeen terrorists were arrested in Bethlehem. An IDF soldier was lightly wounded. In other news, a Jewish teen with special needs had a swastika carved into his back at his public school in Las Vegas, Nevada. The teen is nonverbal and wears a kippah. His parents have removed him from the school, fearing for his safety. The FBI is investigating. The Great Synagogue of Barcelona was spray-painted with anti-Israel graffiti, and likewise, a Seattle temple decided to leave the graffiti that was spray-painted on its building up until after Israeli Independence Day to make a statement that anti-Semitism still exists. Especially Seattle, that's a place you'd think, wow. Israel opened a permanent embassy in Turkmenistan. 
12 miles from the Iranian border. That should tell you where Turkmenistan is for all you geography buffs. Turkmenistan is one of the world's largest exporters of natural gas and oil. Similarly, the U.S. is pressuring Niger, an African Muslim country, to join Israel in the Abraham Accords. Israel, since we're talking Israel and foreign policy, Israel and the United Kingdom struck a landmark deal to heighten trade, technology, and security ties between, between the two countries for the next seven years. And finally, this one's not really a news story yet, got to wait for this one, but the U.S. Supreme Court heard arguments this week involving a U.S. postal worker who is Sabbath observer, observant and was relieved of his duties because of his Sabbath observance. The case will affect Jews who keep the Shabbos. And that's the news. Why go to a hospital get healthy? At Encompass Healthcare, you get the state-of-the-art wound care like in a hospital. The same medicines, the same everything without being in a hospital. Why put yourself at risk of getting a hospital-borne infection? Did you know that last year, one in six people died in America because of infections they got in hospitals? Encompass Healthcare is an outpatient facility. That means you get your wound care treatment and then go home. There are no wait times at Encompass Healthcare like in ERs. Healthcare is personal and works better, faster, and easier. Encompass Healthcare provides a state-of-the-art outpatient facility close to where you live. Call 248-624-9800. That's 624-9800. Auto accident, workman's comp, and most insurances accepted. Encompass Healthcare's goal is to get you healthy with as little disturbance to your daily activities. Call 248-624-9800. Hey, Shulfinman here. You're listening to the Jewish Hour. We have on the line Mr. Stephen Kantrowitz, who is one of the coordinators of the Marwell Jewish Film Festival, celebrating 25, their 25th season this year. How are you, Stephen? I'm terrific, Rabbi. So happy to be here today. The pleasure is totally mine, I tell you. Anyway, um, are you up on the history of the film festival? How did it start? Why did it start? It started literally 25 years ago. We were um, a very engaged community with many film enthusiasts, and we were originally funded by the Marvel family, and um, they've supported us and underwritten our costs partially, Um, For 25 years, along with um, a great outpouring of support from the community leaders, organizations, businesses, individuals, people that support the J and support cultural arts at the J. Very cool. Um, Was the Marwell Film Festival like a, uh, what was was I looking for, a uh, pioneering uh, endeavor? Because I know there are film festivals now, like the 92nd Street Y has one, and the San Francisco Street, San Francisco one. Was was the Marwell one that sort of like got them, or was it like following them? Well, we were pioneers in our area, so certainly we were... um, at the beginning of when film festivals reached popularity. So we were one of the first film festivals in the country that really engaged the community. Um, I like to think that other film festivals were inspired by our successes and the kind of outreach that we um, originated here in Detroit. Okay. 25 years ago, the word Netflix wasn't invented yet. So there was, if you wanted to see some sort of... uh, not seen movie that wasn't going to appear in the theater you had to go to a film festival 
But now, lots of things, lots and lots of things are available on the various streaming services. Is there still a necessity, Stephen Kantrowitz, for film festivals, people getting out and getting together? Absolutely. And this is that getting out part of it and the community part of it that's so important. People now want to leave their homes. They want to join together with other people who love the same kinds of arts experiences, enjoy the same movies, enjoy the same books. And we see since last year when we partially reopened, more and more people do want to come together as a community and experience and celebrate and have you know a great time together collectively. Um, what we do differently here at the uh, Marvel Detroit Jewish Film Festival is we choose out of literally hundreds of submitted movies from all over the world, those that really we feel will resonate with our community. People have expressed interest in certain topics, um, films from certain countries, um, and a lot of the films we show are only shown here in Detroit. So we are breaking ground all the time with things that you can't find on Netflix, and for the most part, and you can't find anywhere except here at the JN now this year um, at Imagine Royal Oak as well. Okay, so during during COVID, when everything was locked down, the, the Marwell Festival went on, I suppose. This is, statement goes, the show must go on. Uh, but it was done on virtually, and people could sign in, buy a package, and watch, uh, hook up on the links and, and connect them to their, their TV. Is that still ongoing for people that don't want to get out, Stephen? This year, we decided to go completely in person. Last year, we did still have a mixture of uh, virtual streamings and the in-person. The in-person became so popular, and so many people decided they would really rather get out and join us in person that we decided it wasn't cost-effective anymore to make the virtual offering. So we're, we're taking a little bit of a risk, hoping that enough people will want to completely leave their homes and join us in person. Um, but it just it didn't work financially for us to offer both scenarios since more and more um, costs for the virtual are equaling what the cost for the in-person screenings. So it just made financial sense. And it made, you know, a camaraderie, community gathering feeling of joining more possible because of us wanting to do that, to bring the community, and also from a financial perspective. Okay. I In years past, I don't know how long ago it was instituted, but the the Marvel Festival started out, was, it was just in the JCC. But then it's kind of spread out, and it's spread out to Ann Arbor and Flint. Are those, in addition to Royal Oak, uh, and at that time there was something called the Oak Park JCC of Blessed Memory, which, of course, that's not around anymore, but that's a topic for another show. Um, are we offering film festival films from the festival in uh, the greater Detroit megalopolis, Stephen? Yes, we are. They're not necessarily part of the moral programming, uh, but we do have partners in Flint and and Arbor, um, and uh, we actually do the curating for them. We arrange for them to have the screenings, and uh, you know we support them. They are our partners, but we don't actually promote them. Uh, since the days sort of run concurrently with ours. Uh, but we do have our hands in making their other festivals possible. Um, and, yes, you know, we absolutely have decided this year to have an east side presence. Um, and it was important to recapture people that, you know, wanted to find entertainment and cultural offerings closer to home. That's why we decided to 
have the three special screenings at Royal Oak, I'd imagine. Okay. Now, Imagine is a, Imagine, Imagine this. Imagine is a major corporation. How was it with dealing with them? Because it's like you have to go through corporate and, the, you know, and it's just how many people are going to come to these things and how much popcorn are they going to buy. Tell us about that process, Stephen. Sure. They offer community organizations. Um, I'm going to use the word deals, but they actually became a partner. Um, so we're receiving so the space for 150-seat theater for all three of the films we're screening there. They were an absolute pleasure. Um, actually, um, the CEO is going to be welcoming our audiences, um, Paul Glantz, on um, Wednesday, May 3rd, when we show a movie exclusively at Imagine Royal Oak. So he will be in attendance to greet our audience for the film only in theaters. So they've been wonderful to work with, and I'm very happy to uh, you know, um, make their their venue available for us to have a presence on the east side of town. That's also, that's very nice of them. Okay, so let's talk about this year's uh, film festival. There's always like a big gala hoopla, tadadam for the opener. So what what do, what can we expect this year for the opener, Stephen Kantrowitz? Okay, well we're really excited. Thursday, April 27th at seven o'clock p.m., we're bringing the acclaimed. Klesper Group, Isle of Klesbos, and Friends. They're going to be performing a, a program called Hidden Musical Gems from Yiddish Soundtracks. We're having a live Klesmer band, Yiddish film classic clips, and an interactive talk with their conductor, artistic director, Eve Sikular. So it's a wonderful, wonderful night. There's live music. They're um, featuring highlighting such Yiddish films as The Divik and Molly Pekan's Mamala. And uh, on top of all that, the featured soloist is a, a local boy made good. Nicole Yashinsky came from this area. He actually has performed at shows in the Berman at, for the uh, day school when he was a younger gentleman. Uh, now he's a big star in New York City. He just performed in uh, the Yiddish Fiddler on the Roof, with, directed by Joel Gray. So we're thrilled to have the band have him um, show the clips and then have the interactive talk with the audience, the history of all these films that are very, very rare. The um, the conductor has done enormous research to identify those films and to find this these lost musical pieces. So we're just really thrilled to have a live performance alongside film clips to launch our opening night. Okay, that sounds awesome. Uh, so tell us about the process, or are there like categories? It's like kind of like, Getting into the Marwell Film Festival is kind of like winning the Academy Award. We, we, you've, we've gone through hundreds of films, and you've decided that in this category, we're going to show this movie. And in this category, we're going to show that movie. Is that kind of sort of how it works? Kind of. It does work that way. Um, we work with film distributors from around the world. And this year, literally, we had 200-plus submissions. Um, our... Film Festival Committee screens many of them. The Film Festival staff screens all of them. Uh, we have a chair, um, Eric Lumberg, who's been the chair for over 10 years now. Um, so we watch every one of the films, whether it's collectively or through the staff. Um, and we look for films that really we feel will resonate. Um, they, you know, we, we don't have any inkling of what will be submitted at any given time. It just normally works out. There are a lot of films that come from Israel. We have a lot of documentaries, feature films, um, biographies, 
Um, and then we have a lot of films from other countries, Germany, France, Italy, all around the world. And we try to balance, um, not just have all films reflecting one topic or one scenario. We like to have um, a really ground base. This year there's a number of Holocaust films. Um, we have a partner with the Buckman Holocaust Center for those outstanding Holocaust films that uh, we're showing. Um, the first of actually is on Sunday, May 1st, uh, called The Devil's Confession. It's the story of the lost Eichmann tapes. Uh, so we are partnering, partnering with Zuckerman on that. Um, on April 30th is our first all-day salute to Israel's 75th anniversary. So we've chosen um, various different various topics. Uh, one is a comedy um, Israeli crime, Madcap Capper at 7 called Hummus Full Trailer. And earlier in the day at 1 o'clock is Airborne, a documentary about the Israeli Air Force. And um, at um, 4 o'clock, Israel Swings for Gold about the 2021 Israel baseball team competing in the Olympics. And we're bringing out the director from New York of that film, Seth Kramer, to do a talk back with the audience person um, after the film screen. So one, four, and seven on Sunday, April 3rd, is our big Israel at 75 salute to Israel. Okay, so you mentioned talk backs. How many, how many, first of all, how many films are there in total? There are 22 films and several reprints uh, in Royal Oak. So we're using 25 films for our 25th anniversary. So it's in and around, if you count the individual titles and some of the films being shown uh, through the Isle of Klesbos program. So it's 25-plus films for our 25th anniversary. Oh, was that coincidental or that was, like, planned? Let's have next, our next year. It worked year, out that way. Next, you know, our we, next year we, you're going to have 26. Not necessarily. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, 25 is a, is a really great celebration. And uh, we we wanted to, you know, tie in that 25 number, the silver anniversary, you know, wherever we could. Um, another special event, um, Rabbi, that I do want to mention is our patron night on Thursday, May 4th, because it's a really fun night. Um, we have a film being shown that night called Jews of the Wild West, and it's all about Jewish cowboys and gunslingers, how they came to take over the West, um, the migration out there, and how they shaped the westward expansion. We begin the night with a patrons-only pre-glow. We have a bluegrass Band and cowboy themed grub and drink for those who become patrons. That's at 5:45 for patrons, and then the public is more than welcome to come at 7:30 for the screening of the film, um, followed by a live on-screen talkback with the director of that film, Amanda Kinsey from um, Colorado. She's going to be speaking all about the film and how it happened to come to fruition. Okay, you're partially answering my next question because out of the 25 films, so you've mentioned two that have talkbacks. What are the other ones that have a director or somebody involved with the production that will be speaking about the movie, Stephen Kandrewitz? Sure. Um, so on that, Israel at 75 on Sunday, April 30th, for the first movie, Airborne, we are having the um, community Shaliach, uh, Yifta Leket from the Israel um, Overseas uh, Department going to be speaking. He actually served in the military um, when he was in Israel, so he has personal experience he's going to share in person following that film. Um, as I mentioned, Israel Swings for Gold 
that you get four. Um, the Devil's Confession, working together with the Zeckelman Holocaust Center, they are going to be bringing in uh, virtually and in person a speaker uh, and the director direct, uh, directly from Israel to talk back with us after that show. Um, really cool event on Tuesday, May 2nd. We're showing a comedy romance called Our Almost Completely True Story. Um, it stars Marriott Hartley and her real-life husband, Jerry Sroka. They will be appearing on screen, joined live in conversation by Lila Lazarus, TV personality. We're looking forward to that. Um, another big event, Wednesday, May 3rd, is our Celebrating Accessibility and Inclusion with our Jays Opening the Doors. Um, we're screening a movie called Just As I Am, the Share Choir, about the Share Choir um, in Canada, we have a live on-screen performance by the choir and then live on-screen Q&A with the director of the film and the uh, in-person moderator for that is uh, Cheryl Choden from WXYZ. Um, let's see. So live. Um... <laughs> okay, while you're looking, our guest today is Stephen Kantrowitz from the Marwell Film Festival, celebrating 25 years and coinciding with the 75th anniversary of the State of Israel, which means in 25 years, I don't know if you realize this, you can start planning, but in 25 years when Israel is celebrating its centennial, the Marwell Festival will be celebrating 50 years. Did you think about that one, Stephen? Um, actually, yes. Uh, we're looking ahead. I know it's a long time from now, but... Uh... Double the fun, double the excitement of our 25th. Um, I don't know if I'll still be here, but uh, someone will be, and the festival certainly will be. And we're, you know, and any great celebratory year, you know, is worth a series of special programming and special events. Um, I think, as far as um, after speakers, those that we mentioned in the conversation so far um, are the majority of them. Those were, you know, films that I did want to bring to everybody's attention. Um, and let me just give you the, the three um, Royal Oak, because that's, you know, also special events. Um, Wednesday, May 3rd, Only in Theaters, is a very special movie about the Lemley Theaters, the beloved 84-year-old art house chain in Los Angeles, um, 7 o'clock on Wednesday, May 3rd, in Royal Oak at Imagine. And then May 8th, Monday, we're showing a repeat of a great romantic fun movie called Paris Boutique at 7 p.m. on May 8th. And then the next night, our final um, festival evening is the second showing of a really fascinating um, animated movie called My Father's Secrets. Um, it's a Holocaust-themed movie animated, um, narrated by Elliot Gould. And uh, that's, again, partnered with Zuckerman. So that's the second showing of the second film that they're sponsoring Tuesday, May 9th at Imagine Royal Oak at 7 p.m. That's awesome. Any kids matinees we can bring the kiddies to? Um, the first uh, Sunday in the afternoon is not a kid's film, but we're doing a painting with a twist in the gallery um, before our second showing, family-oriented, open to families and, and their uh, companions, children, and then hopefully you know, they will stay for Israel Swings for Gold, for, which is for all ages, since it's a, a, a fun all-ages film about the uh, Israeli Olympics and the baseball team. 
Um, there, there. Other than the animated film, which is you know not necessarily geared for children, um, there weren't selections submitted this year that were you know, overly family-oriented specifically for children. So, again, you know, we're at the mercy of what's submitted, and we do a, a great job finding, you know, a wide age range. But, you know, kids this year, they really didn't have that perfect submission other than, you know, previous films that were, you know, made years past that we didn't want to reshow. We usually like to show films that are the current year or the most recent year to tie into people not having the opportunity to see them anywhere else prior to the Detroit Jewish Film Festival. Okay, that's wonderful. So again, the uh, let's get some the uh, the hows. So the Marwell Film Festival is running from when to when, Stephen Kantrowitz? We are running from April 27th through May 9th. Um, all at the Berman Theater at the J, uh, and then the three films at Royal Oak. The last two nights, the 8th and 9th, are exclusively in Royal Oak. So we uh, show our last film, which I do should mention too, on Sunday, May 7th. We have three films as well. The final film is really a claim that's up for several Oscars, I believe. Um, Emmy Award winner Judd Hirsch and Oscar winner Carol Kane star in a movie called I, Mordecai. Um, and that's 7 p.m. Um, only at the J in the Berman Theater, Sunday, May 7th, 7 o'clock. That's the final film at our Berman location. Then the next two final nights of film festival are in Royal Oak at Imagine. Okay. So if someone wants to view the schedule and procure tickets, how do they do that, Stephen Kantrowitz? They do that at jccdet.org slash film festival. And you can also call us, and we always return our calls at 248-609-3303. 609-3303, got it. Okay, we want to wish you continued success, and we're looking forward to interviewing you in 25 years when Israel's celebrating its 100th and the Marble Festival is 25th, uh, 50th. excuse me. So uh, continued success, and thank you for coming on. Thank you so much, Bradley. Have a great day and a wonderful Shabbat. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Jewish Hour. Want assurance of quality and excellence in kosher? Look for the Michigan K on the label. What's it look like? The Lower Peninsula of Michigan with a K. It's the symbol of the Michigan Kosher Supervisors. Go to their website, mycosup.com. That's M-I for Michigan, K-O for kosher, and S-U-P for supervisors, mycosup.com, and find this month's featured products. You'll find Michigan K products wherever fine food is sold, especially at Natural Food Patch on West Nine Mile Road in Ferndale. Herschel Finman here. You're listening to the Jewish Hour. We have, of course, you knew it was coming, a special treat Regular, now I think maybe 27, 28 years that we're doing this. I don't know if you've, if Michael Druck has been keeping records of, uh, but uh, I'm just keeping relying on my memory. So it's been it's been that long. Jewish Hour poet laureate to come in and and thrall us and excite us with some of his poetry. How are you, Michael Druck? Thank God I'm fine. And by the way, I think it's been since 1995, I'm guessing. Okay, so we started the show 1994, so it's, oh, 20, okay. it's 28 years. And my, <laughs> when I told my wife that, of course, we're having you on this week, she said, is his voice the same? And I said, you bet. <laughs> so, 
So that's great. So you've got a couple of poems for us to. Uh... I have two. I have two poems. Yes, thank you very okay. much. So what's the first one? The first one is called "The Jewish People." Okay, let's hear it. The Jewish people, keepers of light, immersed in Torah and all that is right, in day and in night and forever. The Jewish people, God's chosen. They tell me they are holy and I believe them, immersed in books, holy ones in that which God has given, in custom coats and cats, Heads covered, shuckling, praying, swaying, the people, keepers of light, Torah in sight always, singing, praying, Torah words, light to the nations, seen and heard, the Jewish people, God's chosen. Wow, that is very pictorial. I was like right there. It's like this... Um, my wife, who was an artist, would say broad brush, brush strokes um, in, in, in that one. And uh, just the, the, the words I could, I could envision the, what you were saying as you were saying it. It was like I was watching TV in my brain. So, okay. What's, what do you got for uh, number two? Number two is a poem that I composed in, in 2022. Um, I don't know if it's been heard before here, but it's a poem that I've always envisioned because I remember sitting at 770 uh, by myself on a Sunday afternoon, really by myself. I don't know where everyone else was, but <laughs> there I was. And in the right-hand corner at 770 was a red and velvet chair. And I had no idea what it was, but I only guessed what it was, and it turned out that I was correct. And here's the poem that I wrote at that time. There is a place where the Rebbe sat. This, the Rebbe's chair. This is where the Torah was, and the Rebbe well aware of the words of Hashem for his people. This is the place where the Rebbe thought and where he made his plan to send Shlochem everywhere and bring Torah to every land for the need of Hashem and his people. This is where his people need to ever be included in Torah thought and Jewish history in an immersion and dispersion in Torah. A place where the Rebbe sat, his people all aglow. This is where heaven came down to earth for all to ever know. The need of Hashem for his people. Brightened up from heaven with a light brought down to earth. We are forever chosen now and since our birth. Torah was forever written, and we are well aware of the words of the Rebbe from his soul and from his chair. This, where the Rebbe sat with Torah, in an incursion and submersion in that red and velvet chair. That's, that's pretty remarkable. 
<laughs> that Thank is, you. Okay, also quite pictorial. And uh, getting to the point, yes, that the Lubavitcher Rebbe did inspire many, and uh, it's still, 770 is still a pretty hopping place, even though the Rebbe's been gone for 30 years already. But right. people do go there for inspiration, including yours truly. And uh, <laughs> it's amazing that you were able to encapsulate in just so few lines. So let me yeah. just ask you, so now you've, you've, you've got these two poems. What's going to happen with these two poems now? Do you just like it filed away under some, some system? <laughs> there, are, there are so many poems, and you know as well as I did. They're here, and I'm still putting them all together. It's going to take a long time, but we're still working on it, and we will at some point have it all together um, in probably more than one book because they're just hundreds and hundreds of them, and we will get to it. I'm getting up in age now, so I've got to act fast as I can, even though I'm slowing down. Well, no one would ever know that. Okay. Um, I'm learning all the time uh, with various people, and I'm teaching also as well. So this house, my Mishkan, my place to learn and to be what God needs me to be. There you go. And I'm waiting for my autographed copy of the collected works of Michael Druck. We'll get to it. We will, I promise. <laughs> God willing. Okay. <laughs> Michael Druck, well, thank you so much. And thank you, in the, in, in the advent that Mashiach doesn't come between now and then, so we look forward to having you during the three weeks. Because I don't know if when Mashiach comes, if I'm going to be doing the radio show still. Well, that remains to be seen. But if I am, You'll come on during the three weeks, I promise, Blina. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Okay. Take care. Okay. Be well. <laughs> we're gonna. We have a commercial break coming up now. We're gonna take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Jewish Hour. We all know there's an opiate epidemic, but Advanced Rapid Detox has a solution for people addicted to pain pills, heroin, and dependent on Suboxone and Methadone. Advanced Rapid Detox performs detox under sedation in the hospital. Patients sleep through withdrawals and wake up without cravings. Dr. Julia Aronoff and the staff at Advanced Rapid Detox help people restore their lives and the lives of their families. Addiction affects everyone, even in the Jewish community, and Advanced Rapid Detox is there to help. Call 800-603-1813. It's 800-603-1813. Or visit them online at www.advancedrapiddetox.com. Herschel Feminine here. You're listening to the Jewish Hour. We have time for a little music. So this coming up right now is Uri Davidi. We played this song not too long ago, instrumental. Now we play it again. In fact, both songs that we're going to be playing that we have time left for, we played not that long ago, but now this is the a cappella version. This is Uri Davidi, Muchani. I'm ready for Mashiach. Shimmer, Shamayim, 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 Shamay
approaching why go anywhere else for your holiday shopping when you can go to the grove fully renovated the grove is located on greenfield road just south of 696 at the grove you'll find the largest selection of kosher foods and wines in michigan looking for fresh round holiday challahs honey cake or exotic fruit for the new year the grove has it the grove has the freshest produce gourmet dairy deli and meats they even have a kosher bakery and hot takeout right on the premises it's The Grove on Greenfield Road in 696 for all your shopping needs. Herschel Schultzman here. You're listening to The Jewish Hour. The Grove, of course, is your place to shop all year round. They've got everything you need for Shabbos. Everything in the store is kosher. Check out the labels. Yes, up next, this is... We did this one a couple of weeks ago. We did this actually either during Pesach or right before Pesach. I'm not sure when it came out. It was brand new. This is Yishai Reboy at Rebo, and his, uh, this is the a cappella version of Ani Shayach La'am, which is a takeoff on Manish Tanah. Instead of asking, why is this night different? Asking, why are the Jews so different? It's a really cool song. <laughs> Even if 
Why go to a hospital to get healthy? At Encompass Healthcare, you get the state-of-the-art wound care like in a hospital, the same medicines, the same everything without being in a hospital. Why put yourself at risk of getting a hospital-borne infection? Did you know that last year, one in six people died in America because of infections they got in hospitals? Encompass Healthcare is an outpatient facility. That means you get your wound care treatment and then go home. There are no wait times at Encompass Healthcare like in ERs. Healthcare is personal and works better, faster, and easier. Encompass Healthcare provides a state-of-the-art outpatient facility close to where you live. Call 248-624-9800. That's 624-9800. Auto accident, workman's comp, and most insurance is accepted. Encompass Healthcare's goal is to get you healthy with as little disturbance to your daily activities. Call 248-624-9800. Herschel Finman here. You are listening to the Jewish Hour. This week in the synagogue, we will be reading the por- double portion of Achrimos Kedoshim. Why are portions doubled is because there's more portions than there are weeks. Simple as that. The Torah must be ended. The cycle must be ended at the end of Sukkot. And there are only 355 days in a lunar year which leaves us a bunch of days short. And then we have a couple of weeks where we don't read the portion when it falls out on a uh, sh- the Shabbos, it falls out on a holiday, which this year you'll have the two holidays of Sukkot and also Shavuos this year falls out on a Shabbos. So there's three portions there. So you've got five portions to make up. So therefore, five portions are 
doubled, and here we are. So we have a double portion. I hope that makes sense. The portion, Achrimos Kedoshin, contains some 70-something mitzvahs. The first half deals with the duties of the high priest in the temple on the day of Yom Kippur. The second half of that part of the portion deals with the laws of incest and adultery and etc., uh, sexual prohibitions. The second half of the portion is Kedoshim. And the idea starts, it starts out that you should be holy because I, Hashem, am holy. And then it proceeds to list some 40-something mitzvahs of how you should be holy. And it doesn't say, for example, that in order to be holy, you have to fast. You have to live in a cave. You have to roll on the ground in the snow or ants or any of that type. That doesn't make a person holy. Nor does it say that you have to live a life of solitude and denial. That's also not. What are the things that it says over there to make someone holy? For example, love your neighbor as yourself. Do that. You'll be a holy person. The one I want to focus on is the commandment of Peah. It is commanded in the Jews living in Israel are, when they are harvesting their crops, are to leave the corner of the field for the poor. Not to harvest the whole thing. I just, listen, listen, if I was a poor person, I'd be very cost-effective for me if the landowner were to harvest the entire field, and then I could come to him afterwards and I'd get the finished grain. That would be easier for me than having to go to the field and start, you know, with a scythe or a sickle or some other implement and start cutting stuff down and then having to prepare the raw product. And uh, so, so what? So what's the deal? So it's two things. It's both in regards to the field owner and in regards to the poor person. The field owner, just like everything else, it's it's not you're not supposed to finish. You're supposed to leave over a little bit. Little leave leave over a little bit on the plate shows that you're not gluttonous, nor are you worried that the Almighty is going to not have any more for the next meal. You're gonna leave some over and it's gonna you're gonna trust the Almighty. So it's the same thing also with the field. You're gonna leave some over. Because you know the Almighty's gonna take care of you. And what's going to happen with this little leftover? The little bit that's left on the plate, if it goes to the cat, okay, fine. Or if it goes in the trash, no, it goes into compost, fine. The stuff on the corner of the field, if it's not harvested, is just going to rot. And there's no point in that. You've got good food there. It should be put to use. Oh, I should have told this story about the food stamps. We'll save that for another time. Maybe next week I'll tell the story about food stamps. If someone has to send me an a, a email during the week at rabbifinman.com and remind me, tell the story about the food stamps. Anyway, so the food, the person has to recognize, I have, I've got a field. There are poor people out there that don't have a field. And the Almighty has to feed them. And what the Almighty has done is given me the opportunity to provide for them a means for their livelihood as well. Now comes the poor person. Okay, so why does the poor person have to schlep all the way out to the field and go harvest the stuff and prepare it? If it's wheat, he's got to thrash the stuff and get the kernels out and then grind the stuff. And, you know, if I was a poor person, just give me a loaf of bread. I'd be happy that, happier than having to do all that, but that's exactly the point. There's something called Nahama de Kasufa. It's referred to in the Talmud, bread of laziness or bread of shame. Everybody feels good about something when they accomplish something. And so we're telling the poor person, 
you're poor for matters of circumstance, for all intents and purposes, it's divine providence too. Know that the Almighty is going to take care of you. And just like everybody else, there are channels for your livelihood to come. So in this instance, this channel is also going to involve going and getting. So the poor person also has the same opportunity of recognizing the Almighty's involvement in their life in providing for their needs. Now, this is a commandment. It's only for Jews living in Israel that have fields. If you don't fit those three categories, Jew, Israel, with a field, you cannot do this mitzvah. Okay, Jewish Ferndale, we have a very large, thank God, community garden. We do not have, nor do we, leave the corner of the field. It's not a commandment. Rather, we tell people, just you want to come and take, come and take. We have gleaners, you might say, that uh, come and, and get the tomatoes, peppers, cucumbers, herbs, etc., etc., which will be uh, available probably in July and further. So, But we'll be announcing uh, cleanup days shortly as soon as, <laughs> as, soon as the, uh, the winter decides to leave and we can start working in the garden. We'll be working in the garden at Jewish Ferndale. So the... So it's, it's, but the expression is make Israel here. So you have an, an internal Israel inside of you. It's your godly soul. It's your desire to do good. And your desire to do good should be, okay, you have your own needs. You have your own desires. You have a, uh, you have to improve yourself. I have to learn more. I have to daven more. I have to give there's also the time when you have to spend a corner of your field taking care of somebody who doesn't have as much as you, to learn with them, to spend time with them, to make their life better. Speaking of making lives better, you could make your life better if you contacted me at rabbifinman.com. Um, right at the homepage of rabbifinman.com, you have the contact link, and you contact me, I'll contact you. We have archived editions of the show. We have other media. We also have... The very important donation page. We're getting on towards the end of April. May was, March was good. April's been very slow. I understand people with Passover uh, expenses, so things like Jewish hours may be put off to the side a little bit. But um, <laughs> we provided uh, five shows in April, so we need to pay for five shows in April. And uh, we're not close. So, but I've never worried about it. And I tell people, don't worry about money because why worry about something you don't have? And the Almighty takes care of the money anyway. So everything's, uh, it's all good. So I know it'll happen. And uh, I know you're going to come through. So go to the donations page and make a donation. If you don't like doing it that way, so then you can send your donation any amount to the Jewish Hour, 1725 Pinecrest Drive, Ferndale, Michigan. Four eight two two zero. What's going on at Jewish Ferndale this week? We've got on Tuesday night at seven thirty, Rabbi Mendel Kaplan, who is a, an erudite scholar, will be speaking about the history of the Jews of Sfas. It's the continuation of our lecture series on the holy city of Safat, Israel, in honor of the year of Hakel, the gather year of gathering. 
And also put down on your calendar, that's this Tuesday, April the 28th. Put down on your calendar, May the 9th, we have our annual Log Boimer Barbecue. And yours truly will be telling stories appropriate for the day. And that will be all on the Jewish Ferndale website, hopefully soon. And, okay, story. Sunday is the anniversary of the passing of the 4th Lubavitch Rebbe, Reb Shmuel. He's known as the Morash. He was always in a hungry, in a hurry, excuse me, not hungry. He was always in a hurry. And he died. He was a relatively young man. He was 49 years old. He suffered from diabetes, which there was no cure for in 1873 for diabetes yet. So the last years of his life, he was very unhealthy. He was very, everything he did was very quick. He he prayed quick. His his sermons were, were short. He was like, Maybe we'd call him today, we'd call him ADHD, I'm not so sure, but he was uh, he was very quick. It says that one day he decided he's going to pick himself up and go to Paris. And he took a small entourage with him, and they arrived in Paris. And they, when he got to Paris, he said, where should we stay? And he said, the Alexander Hotel. The Alexander Hotel was probably like the most expensive hotel. It was like the Waldorf Astoria in its day. And uh, or the saying like at the Mamila Hotel in Jerusalem is where the uh, prime ministers stayed when they would come to visit. And uh, they took him to the Alexander Hotel. He went to the desk. They said, well, we have a room for 200 uh, francs a night, which is a pretty hefty chunk of change. And he said, no, it's not good enough. And they told him another one. He said, I want a room on the same floor as the casino. They said, we have a suite. It's 350 rubles a night. Exorbitant amount of money. And he said, fine, I'll take that one. His uh, followers that came with him, some of them were also wealthy people, they had to stay at a different hotel because they couldn't afford to stay in that hotel. So they ever went into this his suite. He, he relaxed a little bit, not being of a weaker constitution, and then made his way to the casino. And he sat down next to a young man who was playing cards. It doesn't say what game he was playing, whether it was poker or baccarat or blackjack or whatever. He was playing cards. And while he was playing cards, he was sipping on a glass of French wine. The Rebbe, at some point, was just watching. The Rebbe did not gamble. He was just sitting there. At one point, he leaned over to the man and he said, non-Jewish wine is forbidden to be drunk. That's all he said. He sat there and played some more cards. And then the uh, the rabbi leaned over and said, drinking non-kosher wine stuffs one's brain and one's heart and makes one spiritually insensitive. And the expression is the kicker, Zayid, be, be a Jew. And he picked himself up and he went to his, uh, back to his uh, suites. A couple hours later, I don't know how much this man had drunk or how much he had won or lost. It says he inquired, who was that rabbi? And uh, proceeded to find the suite, which was right down the hall, and spent several hours with the Rebbe. The next day, the Rebbe Marash, the Rebbe Shmuel, got back on a train and went back to Lubavitch. And that was the end of the story, except that this young man followed him back to Lubavitch. And he became the scion of a very prominent Hasidic family. And it's all because the Lubavitcher Rebbe, who didn't have time for anything, 
had time for this one Jew. That's going to do it. We hope we had a chance to entertain you a bit. We hope we had a chance to educate you a bit. We hope you have a great week. We hope to see you back again next week. Take care. Not what we will find Holding our hearts of pain On our way